When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to In Conversation, a Dub Lab podcast where each week we will bring you interviews from the Dub Lab Radio Archives. Dublab.com. Tune in, Autumn Leaves There, Cold Cut been listening to a few classic cold cut tunes and we're here with matt black of cold cut how you doing matt hello really good mate thanks for having us fantastic so you played a great show here in los angeles last night that Thank was you. the uh, final of your tour it was indeed yes and you were around uh, united states canada that's right we've been doing north american tour it's the first one cold cut i've done for about three years and uh no, Ninja, we have a division that runs Ninja Tune in North America and that runs out of Montreal. Mm. And so they, they brought us over and we started off in Canada and then uh, sort of weaved down to um, DC and New York and then weaved back into Canada over to uh, Winnipeg and uh, Edmonton and then back down into the States for the, the West Coast, which, as you pointed out, we've just finished. Yes! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's been fantastic, but a bit of a shag, actually. You know, we all, all need a little break now. Yeah, I'm sure traveling takes a lot out of you. Um, well, it's all in the head, like most things, really. You know, you say, oh, it's terrible, we're having real stress and so on. But, you know, I'd sooner be doing it than working in a fucking coal mine, you know what I'm saying? Exactly. So, plenty of people having a lot harder time than us. So it, it's, um, I think, like, moving around the different time zones can be a bit stressful to, to the body, definitely. Mm. That, that can weigh you down a little bit. But, um, yeah, the ninjas all been getting a bit holistic in our old age and, you know, starting to do stretches and uh-huh. stuff and... Uh, um, this uh, chap, Gordy, who's doing the, the merchandise, selling merchandise for us, has also been giving us a massage. We get a massage every few days from him, really full-on, decent hour-and-a-half session, and that's helped really keep everyone together, I think. Also been um, drinking plenty of spirulina and smoothies and stuff like that. Mm. So We always compile the, um, the Colcutt uh, Tour Survival brochure, I think, as well. Then there's always, always, always the... Um, the, the um, vinyl junkie uh, scenario, mm. which I don't subscribe to so much, but um, Darren, uh, who's been supporting on the tour, and Jonathan, my partner, relentless vinyl addicts like most of the ninjas, so they've been uh, spending a lot of time um, racing around, tracking down rare vinyl, and uh, we're thinking we'll perhaps put a list of all the best record shops you know, on our site, and then mm. think, well, perhaps we won't. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe we'll, we'll just put a list of fake record shops. Oh, yeah, there's this amazing place. It's right out of town. Uh-huh. <laughs> that would be a bit too, even for us, too wicked. Somehow end up in debt after the tour. You know? <laughs> well, yeah, vinyl can be an expensive mm. habit. So this uh, tour marks a special occasion. This is the 10th anniversary of Ninja Tune Records. That's right. So it's been a great 10 years i'm sure a, kind of a long journey for you if people don't know uh, you founded ninja tune records back uh 1990. 1991 yeah mm. well jonathan um and myself have actually been working together for 14 years now the first cold cut record was getting on to 14 years ago and that's longer than most uh, relationships <laughs> last man but we're, we're getting on better than we ever have actually we really um you know developing a a good sort of on stage little bit of telepathy which is what you need mm. when you're not actually synchronized together and um and yes ninja tune is 10 years old and that's been a really an excellent um celebration all round. i mean a few months ago we were like oh god we're gonna be 10 years old i suppose it's really wicked yeah i suppose we, we have to have some parties and we're gonna have to do some tours and it'll be loads of work and you know warp having their 10-year anniversary so maybe no one will notice our one and uh, you know it's going to be a bit of a pain but in fact even though it kind of turned into a bit of a bloated mess it was a it was a funky and, and quite organized mess and with um you know all different all the artists on ninja tune have been uh doing gigs and our paths sort of crossing at various sort of uh, junctures um and then there's been the ninja tune uh, compilation, the new box set Ninja Cuts mm. 4, which uh, has been 
very well received. And I think it's a quite a strong set, really. You know, we could or, easily... or Zen Cuts 4, whichever way you look yeah. at it. <laughs> Sorry, Zen Cuts 4, yeah. So, um, you know, the, the, uh, it's the normal thing to do would just have been to put on like a lot of the favorite tracks from the thing over the years. But, you know, people can still get those. So we thought we'd put on a, a mixed bag of other stuff that hasn't been so easy to get and mm -hmm. little things that kind yeah, of slip through the net. A lot of, uh, you know, material 12 inches and stuff that were hard to come by yeah. that we're finding out here. So yeah. it's giving people an opportunity to get their hands on those if they didn't before, which is nice. Cool. Well, it's, it's actually selling pretty good. But the best thing really has been that we've been doing these parties and it just kind of dawned on me um, recently, really. I was just, I think I was in Amsterdam and uh, just about to go on stage for the gig and sort of making my way through the, the people. Um, and looking around and seeing all these excellent, funky-looking people and realising, hey, they've come to have a party with us because they know they're going to have a good time with Old Man Ninja. And uh, This is not actually part of the CD. The CD right. doesn't skip when you buy it in the store. <laughs> is it supposed to sound like that? Yeah, yeah. that's uh, Amon Tobas. That's actually an exclusive mix we had from Amon. So. Sound. So, well, missed, skipped, and flipped, right? Yes. So there you go. That's the skipped portion. Keep for me you. on the track or off it. Yeah. So that it's been brilliant because all the artists on Ninja have been we've been hanging out together mm. and actually feeling like a family and a tribe. And everyone says, "Oh, the Ninja family, it's amazing." And we're looking at each other and thinking, "Well, we are a family." And you know, Mr. Scruff's an incredible DJ, and Mixmaster Morris is incredible, and Amon Tobin's blowing up, and Kid Carl mm. is really wicked, and the Herbalizer, you know, the funkiest band in town. And you know, it, it's all good. It really is good, and I think it's encouraging everyone on the label to. Keep it real, stay focused on the music. Our, our brotherhood and sisterhood of music is a conspiracy of good music, is what Ninja's about, I think. And, um, you know, forward into the next 10 years on, on uh, feeling stronger than we ever have, which feels good. What would you say uh, the mission statement of Ninja Tune would be? You know, when you formed it 10 years ago, uh, has that mission statement changed or is it still basically the same? It's still basically the same. Uh, I think Nietzsche said, uh, or possibly Goethe, some German philosopher body is supposed to know what they're talking about, keep true to the dreams of thy youth. Mm. And, uh, yeah, we want to keep hold of that idealism, which basically comes from something, in a way, that's quite selfish, but very important, which is a love of music, a love of funky music. I mean, John and I started DJing because the school discos and parties we went to, the music was shit, so we had to, <laughs> to take control and, and start learning how to do that. And um, it's... Everyone who's on Ninja, everyone who works in the Ninja office is a music lover. Otherwise, it wouldn't be there. They're certainly not there for the salary or the financial rewards because, you know, uh, they can get a lot more for working for the man. But if you're into your music, we, we've got a, a tribe of like-minded people that put that as priority one. And uh, careful with the cash, crazy with the music is the, the Ninja motto that Pete came up with to describe sort of where we're at at the moment. Mm. And that's always been the same. So, what do you look for when you're... Uh looking for new artists or signing someone, if someone uh, sends you something you're into, you know, are there any elements that, that, you know, really strike you as important or, you know, even personal? I'm sure that someone might have great music, but in order to well, want to bring them... if they're a pain in the arse, they're not going to get signed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Um, we want chilled out people that uh, are not going to get into artistic tantrums and stuff like that. But I mean, that's a given, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you're asking to sort of to define the sound of Zen or, you know, what uh -huh. is Zen, do you yeah. know what I mean? Which is, if it, the Zen that can be written down is not the true Zen, and the definition of the ninja that can be written down is not the true ninja. Mm. But um, factors such as the ability to make wicked music that stands out somewhat from the other music that's out there because it's so easy to produce music at the touch of a button now i mean we've actively promoted and encouraged that ourselves uh, and it's wonderful but as juan atkins says when everyone's got the same equipment and can use it and you know that the mystique if you like of those expensive old machines has been largely removed by the fact that we can all get on down and do the same shit on our computers nowadays it comes down to who's got the ideas and so that was what we'd be looking for from an, art, an artist on ninja tune music with character the character of the artist to somehow be reflected in the music so there's something more there than a clever noise. And I think when you look at Eric Kid Koala and Amon Tobin, you you know, it cannot be written down, but that's kind of what I'm talking about. Yeah, that element that's kind of the magic element there. Yeah, you know, it's, you know, it's called doing your own thing and, and believing in what you do and having something to say. That doesn't just come from nowhere. Um, I think we've all got it, mm. but it's buried deep in there and a lot of people don't know where to find it. 
the lucky people who do have, uh, can shine because it's the yeah it's the perhaps a, you know the most important thing in artistic expression is that that character mm. so you and jonathan now are working on a brand new album and it's it'll be a process from yeah, here yeah. it's um you know a, the new album kind of thing it's not a a game that John and me want yeah. to get into. You know, I've been saying the new album might not be an album, it might be a TV program. Mm. Um, it probably will be an album for the fact that despite all my brouhaha and enthusiasm for digital technology and multimedia and so on, it's actually mm. music that pays our wages and keeps Ninja Tune going. And my kind of um, research and development department, uh, that's, that's my special interest sort of the software, the video and the internet side of things doesn't actually directly make any money yet it's starting to, starting to get returns from it but it's music that pays the bills so there will be a Colca album and we are working on it we've got a couple of tracks in production um, but mainly it's a list of ideas at the moment potential collaborators or just uh, concepts for tracks I'd like to do a track about uh, why we're teaching our kids that guns are cool and are a normal thing to have around I've got a four year old son and uh, it's, I think it's really sick. You know, mm -hmm. When I was a kid, people used to debate um, about whether television actually affected the behaviour of people. That debate is pretty much over. And it was obvious what the answer was at the time. Yes, it does. Otherwise, they wouldn't have adverts. Um, and now, I think, now that that's actually been recognised, there sort of comes a battle to actually um, you know, get that taken note of and actually the implications of that to be recognised so that we can actually change what we're teaching ourselves and teaching our children. And the idea that kind of guns are a normal part of life and a cool thing to be playing with even if they're plastic is, I think, an extremely bizarre idea. As I'm sure anyone who has been shot or who loves someone who has been shot would, would do, <laughs> you know, come to that view quite easily. Yeah, so, or even the, the fear of getting shot one day, you know, well, that's everybody right. knows yeah. that it's not. And this is fucking LA we're mm. in as well, you know what yeah. I mean? So, yeah. so anyway, without getting too, uh, too paranoid, that's like, you know, ideas like that are on, on, the, 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 on the stack mm. and uh, John and me will be steaming into them in our, our Slack way um, yeah. in the future. We're also working on writing proper songs because when you've made a large number of instrumental tracks, even with funky, clever samples, the human voice and poetry and human expression still remains central mm. to musical art. And uh, it's an interesting thing to try. It's all very well being good at pressing the buttons and clubbing the machines into submission to do what you want. doesn't mean you can write a good song. When you start to try and write one, you find out just how tough it is. And it's great fun. It's actually very therapeutic writing. I'm trying to write stuff about, you know, sorting my head out and the spirit and becoming happier, all those things that really, you know, life is about in a way. That's what a lot of songs are about, love and life. And, so you guys uh, will definitely, hard. you'll be actually uh, doing the songwriting in this yeah. case? Well, yeah, well, we are, we're doing it. We've written um, uh, with my uh, girlfriend, Holly. We've been writing some stuff with her. We've written about five or six songs. And we're probably going to be doing quite a lot, a lot of those on the, the Res Rocket um, internet jamming project, which means that uh, we can um, work with other musicians around the world to provide input to these tracks and resrocket.com it's a wicked system that have been several years in development and now is actually working and is a, a solid tool to use for musical collaboration so um, I'm going to be uh, staying with uh, Willie who's one of the, the main guys behind it in San Francisco in a couple of weeks time doing some jamming and um, that's an actual online music application so exactly. you could be yeah. in London and you could be working with Willie producing right. tracks together that's right. collaborating yeah. we online. can use standard uh, music tools like Cubase VST or, or Logic Audio um, and have a copy each he can be in San Fran I can be in London and we mm. can be working on a track together in a virtual studio so yeah stay online it's uh, a new way to work You've actually uh, designed the VJAM software, which came out, uh, is it a couple of years ago now? It's, yeah, about a year, a year yeah. and a half ago, yeah, something like that. What was, uh, was kind of the idea and the inspiration behind that? Um, well, we've designed... Um, Colcut have been messing with multimedia ideas for a long time, and John and I actually come uh, from backgrounds with quite a strong visual strand to them anyway. Um, and, you know, people ask, well, why are you putting visuals into it? Well, it's like, you know, 
with all respect to blind or deaf people, most humans have eyes and ears and we're well into those modes of, of sense. And so to provide art which stimulates both of them is a, a good thing to be in. And of course, that's why film and t- television are two very, very powerful forms. Mm. But um, we wanted to take the, that attraction and the ability to you know, have people's awareness and attention and fuse it with the kind of DJ cut-up dance music collage aesthetic. So to that end, we've derived a, a live show um, based around laptops and two pieces of software that we've developed to do that. I used to be a computer programmer, but uh, I found it a bit hard, so I gave up. <laughs> I have I have been vaguely um, programming computers for 25 years, and uh, so I'm able to have... Um, you know, conversations with with programmers on a reasonable level as, as to what can and cannot be done, and the two pieces of software are called VJAM and DJAM. It's possibly slightly confusing, but you know there is the connection there between the the VJ who's dealing with visuals and the DJ who's dealing with sound. Um, in fact, it's a bit more complicated than that because VJAM is an audio visual program. Mm. It's, we describe it as a piano for sound and vision. It's for the PC. Um, if you want to check it out, you can go to vjam.com. That's vjamm.com, and that will take you straight through to our page where you can check out a demo and, and stuff like that. And uh, it's that's a very simple program, but a, quite a powerful one. And we built it because we wanted to be able to treat audiovisual samples in the same way as a DJ or musician treats sound samples. So, for instance, um, so people might know our track that we did with Hexstatic called Timber which is a sort of audiovisual rhythmic collage composed of images of axes striking trees and uh, chainsaws. Um, so when we've got a, a bit of video of a, a chap wielding an axe striking a tree, we record that into the computer. We record the sound in, the junk as the axe hits the tree and the image of him swinging the axe. And that's one sample, which is called an AVI file. On the Mac, it'd be like a QuickTime file, but on the PC, it's an AVI file. And by having a, a number of samples like this loaded into memory, I can quickly trigger them as if I was playing um, you know, a piano or a percussion instrument. I hit a key on the keyboard and straight away the clip begins to play. So I can, if I've got a chainsaw and an axe, I can have like, jong jong and just as we collage beats together, we can do the same thing with audiovisual samples. Um, so that's what we de- developed VJAM to, to do that, and uh, it's kicking it, and we can use it. I mean, we can be a whole um, funky pirate television station out of a three or four flight cases and have a, a live show which is pretty much different to what's going on it's a bit difficult to describe it in audio terms but um the the visuals get projected on giant projection screens yeah and people definitely see the, the connection between the audio yeah. and the video it's very apparent well that, you know it's in fact we've had to spell that out almost. because a lot of people think they're just seeing a tape they don't yeah. realize that john and i are actually generating 95 percent of this mm-hmm. live um and so We've found various ways to try and uh, show that it is live. Um, a couple of years ago in Toulouse, I was playing the bit where we use King of the Swingers mm. in the Jungle Book, and uh, I'd fucked it up and totally lost the beat. And the crowd started cheering and really going for it, and I realised that that was, you know, they, the key for them to actually see that it was live was someone making a mistake. Um, it's not always in perfect sequence. That's right, but if know. it is in perfect sequence, it, it, people accept it as something pre-recorded because it's yeah. too perfect. So uh, that was a bit of a realisation. So after that, when we fuck up, we, we don't mind too much yeah. about it. And I, Life's I'm, not in perfect sequence. No, that's right. So, and you know. I, you know, I, I, I sometimes deliberately do it crudely, knowing that I can get away with it because people will check for the liveness of the, of the action. Um, but even that wasn't quite enough. In the, we put the Jungle Book in the show because it's so well known and you know of course it was in sacred what time is it our first record and so to come back you know 10 years later with that but taken to the audiovisual level i think is saying something about our evolution and what what, what we where we're going mm. um but people do love that bit and it's a crowd pleaser and really we should have a lot more obvious bits in the show using footage of you know Jimi hendrix mm. and uh, terminator and all kinds of the, and game shows and all the best known stuff um because that would spell it out to people even more um, but another thing we've done is to have a, a pair of uh, my headphones have a little colour camera, video camera mounted on above one ear, and that's focused on the, the laptop and the live setup. So you're seeing from the camera pretty much what I see, and so you can see from the other side of the laptops uh, what I'm doing with the the, the, 
set. And that, I think, has actually spelled it out to people. Yeah, I think that's when it's see. really apparent, when you actually see your hands moving to the beat and, you know, scratching a record. And It, it might, you know, it, it, it might look a bit crude and in a way you're letting people see behind the curtains as to, you know, all the, the wires and mirrors and so on. But, but we do, we do you know, want to spell it out. Giving them the opportunity to also have the software exactly. themselves. We want, to, want, we want to, to give them the opportunity that, to have the yeah. software because, not because we want to fucking make loads of money, but because it's a good crack and when people mm. have a go, they get really into it and, you know, I think it's not too much to say that there's potentially a new art form here and yeah. uh, we, we want to retire and let the kids get on with it so we can put our feet up and get our heads blown by some fantastic art. That's a large motivation behind it as well, truly. Yeah. Let people know uh, what, because you say with the Cold Cut live show, it's, yeah. it's a traveling Pirate TV station. Let people know about Pirate TV as well, which is an sure. actual station you can always go to. And yeah, well, we have a, a, you know, a number of uh, internet projects on the go, and uh, the main one, um, apart from the main NinjaTune site, NinjaTune.net, is probably PirateTV.net. And... Uh, that's um, run with my friends from the UK and, uh, in fact, around the world. Um, we've managed to build up uh, a little crew of people that do different internet broadcasts, very much like uh, Dublab. I wonder what sort of a bear his wife thinks he is. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That's crazy. One, two, three. Just a quick aside there. Um, all these spoke, bits of spoken word and so on, it, it occurred to me recently why we use them. Um, and you know, people are going on about the humour element and so on. It's because we're making puns. It's punning. That's why when Eric uses a sample that says, his fingers itched from their curious profession, they hungered to ply their wicked trade, it just cracks me up because I know he's taken that from, uh, I think, a horror film where they're talking yeah. about grave diggers, you know, plundering people's bodies but it's his fingers itch from his curious profession of scratching they hunger to ply their wicked trade <laughs> do you know what I mean yeah, it's, yeah. it's an extended pun that he's making there yeah. and, and I think that's uh, a lot of the attraction of using all these spoken word phrases it's you know recontextualization you could call it but well, it's nice it's with the, the, the Fink album recently, Fresh Produce, to kind of yeah. go back to the, you know, the Ninja Tune style of, you know, the early 90s was, you know, known definitely for more of the kind of spoken word elements yes. and cut and paste. And that album really kind of kicked back to that, you know, did it in new ways. But it was nice to see some of the exact same, you know, sure. snippets. I think Eric is actually Kid Koala's particular master of that. I love the oh, Fink yeah, album, yeah. which came from nowhere. And I think it's, it's one of my favorite yeah, albums Kid on Ninja Koala's Tune. Koala's been amazing with, you know, this scratch scratch ratchatch and all yep. that stuff is just mind-blowing see the, eric's uh, a very favorite the son of ninja mm. um not just because he's an amazing turntablist but because he's got that combined with his character as well which basically takes it to another dimension and it just it makes you smile which is what we want at the end of the day yeah. the fink album i was just thinking about that on the way here funny enough and i was thinking about the spoken word do you remember we were talking about a1 records when uh, we, we drew yeah. in here and um there's that bit that he goes on about uh, you know oh i'm just uh, collecting records, you know, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm just in the records and they're taking it over and stuff. And I was thinking, that record, if you've got the 12, you can play it on 33 and 45, and the vocal still sounds weird either way. And I, I reckon he did that vocal himself. I don't think it's a fan vocal at all. <laughs> I think he actually, you know, is, he's talking about himself bullshitting on about all the records that he's got, and he just put it through, he probably put on an American accent and spoke yeah. through a harmonizer. I don't know, someone proved me wrong and sent in the original yeah. sample, but uh, you can play all kinds of games with, with that. So have you guys done that? Have you recorded your own vocals? Yeah. Using music? Yeah, yeah, we have. Um, and sometimes, uh, you know, you've got a sample, you might actually sing or speak over it yourself to kind of dis disguise the original yeah. texture, but keep some of it in there. Um, I mean, on Colca uh, Christmas Break has the um, unique feature, <laughs> if, if you can call it that, of John and I live on Kazoo. Nice. So inspired by the, you know, the birthday party, Grandmaster Flash and all that. Mm. In fact, here we have a, a fine Kazoo-style solo. Yeah, this, this is amazing. The first time I heard him do this, my mind was blown. It's just... You know, jazz solo, turntables, and people were trying to do a lot of this before, but the way he came up with it, you know, the drum trumpets, right on. I think, um, yeah, this is definitely one of the high points of Eric's set, and it, this is actually realizing that definition that proper turntablism is jazz. Yeah. You know, 
there's been a lot of talk about jazz and at the, the beginning after everyone had finished plundering James Brown and all the other functions like right okay what can we rip off next oh yeah jazz that's cool we'll get into yeah. that there's bound to be some good samples there and it was a natural follow on from the rare groove scene as well and that was an actual live yeah, live recording as, a, as opposed to um, no, that actually even though he's just doing it using scratching and mm. pre-recorded record, you know, records, it still is jazz. Yeah. Whereas, like, just taking a loop from a jazz record and putting it in your track and then saying that you're jazz is not particularly jazz. I think Morris defined uh, opportunism as uh, the act of claiming that there's always been a jazz element to our music. So you have to be a bit suspicious of that. He's definitely an interesting character in the oh, whole yeah. Ninja Tune yeah. crew. Sorry, I, I should um, perhaps I, I want to give a bit more of a plug to Pirate TV because mm. there, you know there's a relationship with Dublab. We're both yeah. trying to do similar sort of things, which yeah. is we're using the net as um, uh, a new form of broadcast system. And in fact, it was Morris who first actually got me off my ass to, to do the first cold cut website because mm. both Morris and I come from science backgrounds, got into music and got into computers. He was a chemist, I was a biochemist. And just having that basic computer experience, when the web started off, it was really pretty easy to write code. I mean, it's still easy to write code, but it's a bit more complicated now if you want to get it all funky. But in those days, it was just a text editor and HTML, and you know, I, he showed me a bit of code, and I just cribbed it and copied it and modified it and made it into the first Ninja site. So that was how I got turned on was through, through Morris. To I was aware of it, but it was him that gave me the kick up the arse. He wrote his own site as well, of course. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, when the uh, the domain domainia took off i went and registered loads of domain names and i thought pirate tv yeah that sounds pretty good mm. i always wanted to be a pirate tv station so pirate tv.com had gone so i had net which in some ways is cooler anyway mm. and uh a guy called james stevens who is from london um he founded what was probably the first kind of public access cyber cafe in london which was called backspace and this was downstairs from the ninja tune hindquarters in our crummy warehouse on the, on the Thames where we were all working at the time so in this building there was a wicked community of people quite a lot of net people and some other record labels besides Ninja Tune and some studios and um, there was James um, providing really cheap internet access and also getting all kinds of uh, activists and hackers and uh, you know agents of different kinds to hang out and have little parties shady down characters. there various shady yeah. characters yeah um, and uh, so it became rather a a centre of that kind of cutting the cutting edge of the scene in, in London and James explained that it was possible to actually netcast using, uh, we just had a 256k line, which Levi's were paying for, because they were sponsoring the previous company that James had been working for, and uh, you know, it's, it's nice when you see big companies having, it's not so much that they're evil, although they are a lot of them, but it's more their stupidity that uh, I have a problem with them that holds them back and you know it means that it's, there's no point in dealing with them because they're too stupid so when they do show signs of intelligence like getting a good new shit hot web company to design their website and giving them some money they should be encouraged really um, so that was really what founded and funded the uh, uh, the initial um, netcasting system mm. ran out of backspace and James said look you could do some stuff on this why don't you do some netcast we can put anything out on this stuff um, so we did and that's how we started PirateTV.net. Registered the domain name, got it pointed up, setting out, and uh, with a lot of help from people on the technical side, um, uh, from my friend Bongo and Ellis and uh, Engin, and uh, if you guys are listening in, big shout up to you, of course. Um, and we've expanded, and people often ask us to sort of describe how we're organised. Well, there isn't really an organisation. There's Ninja Tune... Um, is a proper company and so on but more what we do is it's kind of an overlapping network of posses uh, overlapping posses like I overlap with you guys mm. you know we're all into the same stuff and there's it's like I said before it's kind of a conspiracy of music and wanting to do some, some good fresh stuff and fuck the dollar signs let's just get on with it because we don't need them anymore you know mm. so piratetv.net is a pirate TV station on the internet it's not illegal. That's the nice thing about yeah. it. When John and I did pirate radio, we could have gone to jail for that and people did get arrested and yeah. go to jail. It's interesting that in the UK, if you do a pirate radio station, you could get two to three years in jail. If you do a pirate TV station, you could get 20 years in jail. The reason for that is that our rulers um, correctly perceive that television is the most effective tool that they have for controlling people's minds and they intend to keep a monopoly on that. Mm. Um, however... The net changes things. 
and you know of course uh, roll on broadband to every home blah 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 that is definitely going to come the net wins especially i mean in the uk that's definitely it's you know it's taken some time it will hit soon but a lot of people i talk to say you know we need this we can't wait for this because there are people there's a lot of people on the net there um but you know they're paying per minute and there's not a lot of providers over there too you know it's yeah there's there's some differences in the uk of course we've had the we've had the free service model there you see because we pay for local calls in the uk um but some clever bod worked out that meant that maybe they could provide free internet access because the telephone companies would pay people uh, pay a company so that people would use that company and be online and rack up their phone bill so that was a new business model and that's how free serve and um, our little one yesmate.com and all the others got got started so that's an interesting difference but i mean you know we've been saying it we've been waiting for it for years we just want broadband, bi-directional broadband to the home now. And, uh, it's, it's happening sooner yeah. or later. If someone tuned in... Actually, having said that, uh, interestingly, James Stevens, uh, I mentioned before, has got another very good project going at the moment, which is a kind of shared wireless internet access. You know, it's fucking waiting for them to build a cable that, to our doors. They're going to take ages about it. Get a bunch of people together, get some cells going, get one pipe and a bunch of um, wireless... Uh, network devices and you can actually share uh, internet pipe yeah, high speed yeah. connection without having to be physically wired up for it so he's been doing that with um, a bunch of people in London and I think that idea I don't know whether it'll win in the long term against broadband but it's you know it's Certainly available could, now yeah. and it's like yeah we can't wait you know mm-hmm. we want to get on with this stuff is so, he the one who actually runs Yesmate or no, it, no James is separate from Yesmate okay. Yesmate's another kind of side project that uh, we set up with a, a bunch of friends to give people free access and to have a, an online music community I mean as, as I say it's overlapping posses but PirateTV.net is pretty strong at the moment it's you know we only have a few listeners we don't mm. uh, try and large it up and claim a million listeners yeah. like you know uh Certain. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot out there. People do, but uh, when it's someone, more like it's a family affair sort of thing. And, when someone uh, checks out Pirate TV, could you give them an example of what they yeah, would sure. see? Yeah, sure. I was just going to run they through. They could actually that. click on there. Yeah, <laughs> right. sure. uh, you know, on, on, we do regular shows, live shows. So I'm sure you do on Dub Lab on the regular schedule every week. It's reg- well, as regular as possible, given the slack nature of the, the people involved uh, and the, uh, the low budget equipment we're running on, which breaks down sometimes. But Wednesday night has been the longest running session, and that's Cold Cuts Night jam session and uh, my studio is called Space Lab and I invite the crew around to Space Lab and we might have a guy playing double bass um, double Dave playing double bass and me doing beats off of turntables and uh, John doing effects and Tim Brand from Dread Zone playing keyboards and um, people come in and sing and play the guitar and we film it all and it all goes out live on the net so it's, yeah, it's a jam session which I think it should be, a, you know, jamming with electronic music is a lot of fun and is a way forward through the rather one-dimensional bottleneck of the monitor screen. One guy at a monitor sequencing, moving tiny hi-hat beats around mm. all day. You know, it's fuck that. We want to get down and have a party. So we do. We, t- we party and we pump it out live on the net. Yeah, it's really we nice. We play archive stuff. footage and any kind of stuff we can uh, get our hands on. And then we've expanded um, beyond Wednesday night to other nights of the week when different posses pick up the stream and take over. So on Thursday nights, uh, Dread Zone do a show. Um, uh, Friday nights, there's uh, various posses that do it. Um, a couple of them from Cambridge. And they do. We've had like Naked Elvis Cabaret. And, you know, it's kind of, I'm sure you know this, this, the coup on the net. It's yeah. the, the alternative content and the ability to wig out and just do what the fuck you want because no one's telling you that it has to be this way. That's the marvellous freedom of it. So, um, yeah, it's pretty pretty open. And I don't think we'd be sitting here, you know, broadcasting this anywhere if it wasn't for the net, you know. Well, that's right. That's right. They'd have sh- shut us down, uh, mate. Yeah, we <laughs> um, would have had to play 10 commercials by this. Exactly. Time. It's wonderful. Yeah. It's really wonderful. So the uh, Pirate TV, um, you know, is growing. It's just a, a small kind of thing at the moment. And uh, that's cool because we can't actually sustain hundreds and hundreds of listeners. The most successful things we did in terms of numbers of listeners were the, the couple of... Um, we did three Radiohead netcasts, and they got interested through Tim from Dreadzone in... Um, uh, yes, he, he, he was friends with them. Sorry, the vocals are putting me off. No. Um, 
So they got very interested in the, the possibilities of netcasting. So Tim went to their studio, Radiohead studio in Oxford, and took his laptop and a bunch of computers down there and wired it all up for them. And they did some shows on Pirate TV. And they're so um, you know, well-loved that yeah. they just need to go to the chat, the Radiohead chat rooms and say, yeah, mysterious special Radiohead broadcast on now netcast come and check it out we'll see how quick the uh, pirate tv servers crash <laughs> we sustained about three or four hundred yeah it is kind of ladies and gentlemen sorry roots <laughs> see if this one's an instrumental that's what <laughs> here's a, a handy tip to djs yeah mm. um you know an mc can be a really nice thing to add a lot of uh, interaction, yeah, yeah. audience vibe to the show. But the problem with most MCs is they don't know when to shut up. They will not shut up, they will not shut up, and they will just rant and rave and shout indecipherable exhortations over every track that you play. So It's their profession. Well, it is, but um, an MC, a master of ceremonies, would handle themselves with more decorum, one would have thought, perhaps. Um, all respect, but... Um, yeah, John's technique for dealing with the guy who won't get off the microphones. We've had a few. You know, they say, come on, come on, come on, wrap over your set. You know, I love your stuff. It'll be wicked. So, oh, okay, go and give him a chance. But the guy won't shut up. So John will stick on a track and say, yeah, mate, thanks very much. The next one's a vocal track. Mm. <laughs> time time to get off the microphone. Exactly. A gentle way of, of uh, sliding them off the mic. Coercion. Um, at Pirate TV uh, does a show from Oxford um, called Undercurrents. And undercurrents are the sort of leading video activists in the UK. They go to all the actions, uh, stop the city and reclaim the streets and all that kind of stuff where people are using non-violent direct action mm -hmm. to try and effect change, political change, which is vital, I think. Yeah. People feel that they don't just have to put up with what's going on, they can actually change stuff. And that's the only way that shit gets changed through history. If you look at that, you know, women would never have got the vote without kicking up about it. And most of the important social political changes wouldn't have happened if people didn't kick up. Of course, our rulers don't want us to realise that, so that's all kind of written out of the history books, but if you look back, it's pretty pretty clear. Mm -hmm. So undercurrents document this scene, and they're always there on the front line filming and bearing witness to what's actually going down. And that is a very, very valuable function, I think, especially as the mainstream media, as we know, have their agendas, and their agendas are dictated by our rulers. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, you know, uh, you don't get information, you get propaganda, which is information filtered through an agenda. Yeah, well, this is a, a very good day to talk about that since we have our elections Indeed. today. Go and, and, go uh, and vote, I should say. Go and vote. Yeah. And, uh, Matt Groening came down to the show last night, yeah. which was a real treat. And he actually came to the very first show we did in LA three years ago, just came up at the end Shubador. and gave us yeah. his, his card. Were you at that? Um, my brother actually met him, and he had talked to him about putting some cold cut music right. for Futurama, so right. he put Matt in touch. And, you know. Ah, so you ha helped in that connection. Thank yeah. you for that. Well, he came down last night, and um, you know he's always bigging us up in the press and so on about his love for cold cut and yeah, Ninja Tune. And to know that someone like that who's created their own... I mean, The Simpsons has got to be one of the most significant sort of cultural icons of, of our age, I think, really, is... It just I, I wasn't that uh, knowledgeable about it until I met him. And I went mm -hmm. back and people were like, Matt, The Simpsons, come on. <laughs> so I sat down and watched it and it's like, it's a motherfucker. It's, great, <laughs> it's yeah. really, really yeah, good. It's great. It's, uh, you know, humor is such a powerful weapon against the Nazis every time. They can't handle it at all. So Yeah. Um, you guys uh, used a bid actually in your yeah, show. Well, that's, well. uh, yeah, Mike was like, Matt, Matt, get out the Bart Simpson sample. <laughs> so mm. I was like, oh shit, where is it? So it's like in the middle of the track, I'm doing a find on my computer to try and find this one sample. I just about got it loaded up and did a quick this, this. This is so, 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 so cool. Mm. And, um, yeah, we've we talked with Matt about some collaborations with Colcut, and I'm, I'm confident that sooner or later there'll be some uh, something transpiring from that. That'd be great. So, you guys could do a whole uh, episode of, you know, Simpsons well, e-jammed like, out. Yeah, <laughs> sure. I'd, you know, I'd, I'd quite like... Um, the Colcut cartoon characters to be, you know, DJing in The Simpsons. Would yeah, be pretty much the ultimate cool. Yeah, that would so, be great. Yeah, would be nice. So that's. Uh, I was just um, wrapping up the, the the Pirate TV description that the undercurrent shows on Tuesday, and there's various mm -hmm. other people who do shows, um, including some guys from Vancouver, so yeah. who I'd never met, um, but they pick up the stream. Uh, they've been picking it up after our show on Wednesday night so we can hand the stream around like a, yeah. like a spliff you know just yeah. keep it going uh, eventually we'll be able to keep handing it around the world as the time changes and that'll be wicked but I met these guys for the first time 
RAL in real life, as we say, mm-hmm. and in Vancouver. And I went to their place and they helped me um, download some stuff, some new clips that Bongo had made for me. And uh, yeah, it's great to meet up with them. They're, yeah. they're students, they study philosophy and they're into music and doing their own thing on the net. Wicked. Yeah, what's well, an amazing, it's definitely amazing with the internet. You know, being able to do these trans, you know, continental mixes, you know, intercontinental mixes and mind blowing. You know, we actually were the day before you uh, for the Ars Electronica Festival in Linz, right. Austria. We we're here at five in the morning DJing and, you know, they're projecting it on Same. screen. We did a one with them as well. You did it the, the night the after. Next, yeah. The night after. yeah. Cool. And, you know, just the feeling of uh, announcing the DJ in Austria yep. and having that DJ mix into my last record, you know, it was mind-blowing. I came out of here at 7 in the morning. <laughs> it's great. I mean, you know, but like anything, it's as good as it is crap because yeah. <laughs> the yeah. same technology could be used to kind of pipe out the same shit from, uh, you know, the mafia music business people who oh, pretty no, much run true. things and yeah. just pipe it straight into people's heads over the whole world, which would be <laughs> really yeah. a disaster. But I think there's a, a few kind of um, nasty bugs like us in the system that are, you know, powerful enough to still infect a few people keep something new fresh coming yeah it's good to you know, continue to push forward i think the the v jam you know has been you know great in that the way of you know showing people they can use you know definitely use this technology in new ways and it's, you know in the performance aspect you know they can you know, use recently. it you can use it and the, the kids can use it and it's fun and it's pretty fucking addictive as well. You know, actually, the only thing more addictive than playing computer games is writing computer programs. And uh, sequencing and programming music is very addictive as well because you're, you're actually making something. But yet, it's, it's a kind of... It's a problem-solving mentality, a hurdle-jumping mentality, like in a lot of computer games. You know, you move, move, solve one puzzle and move on to the next. In this case, the puzzle is how to make a piece of music mm. that you like. Yeah. And... Um, yeah, we've always bleated on about this for years, but some kind of meltdown, convergence, it's not a new term, but mm. we feel it, we mean it, and that's what we're doing. We're melting down computer games, DJing, music making, filmmaking, um, and making it into a new, hopefully not too homogenous whole. Mm. And there's a new area there where um, you know parties can be had before the police come, so that's, uh, that's our role, really. Uh, you said before, um, I, I wouldn't mind giving a... Yeah, like a quick uh, demonstration. This is actually um, an exclusive thing. It's not VJAM. VJAM is the video software, which okay. I can't really demonstrate at the moment because uh, we haven't got the video hooked up here. But this is DJAM. DJAM. And that's used by Jonathan in the live show on two laptops Okay. Uh, so that he can mix from one copy from one track to the next. And DJAM is um, a loop manipulation engine. It's a bit like Mixman, which is and uh, the, the Magic's EJ products, which are out there. But um, it's got some some wrinkles in which make it a bit different in the cold cut style and the idea is that will be released next year probably through Steinberg uh, who make Cubase VST so mm-hmm. this will be the first time that we've had an opportunity to get our shit out there software yeah. stuff out there through a major publisher so we're pretty excited about that is everything designed for the consumer version now? Or are you guys still working on? No, we're still working yeah. on. John uses in the live show the original version, which only works in Windows NT. So we've okay. been running bloody Windows NT on these uh, these laptops for years, which has been quite quite challenging. Um, mm. And uh, the new version works in ninety eight two thousand. No Mac version. Um, it's not that uh, I hate Apple. I do hate them. I just hate Microsoft just as much. They're always shit as each other, but mm. it's purely pragmatic reasons. I met a bunch of coders who develop for the PC, and um, uh, the PC's easier to develop for, so our software is on the PC, and uh, there's not a lot I can do about that. If you, for not very much money, I could get the stuff coded for the Mac as well, but yeah. you know, we're a tiny, tiny operation, and basically how these software developments work is we get a little bit of money, and... we we've bung the program with some money and they do a bit of work on it. And yeah, well, maybe, get on with their, their maybe someone will check out the uh, program and actually well, do their own Mac version. Of I, it. In fact, we've just been contacted. We always said, you know, if there's a Mac coders out there who want to get involved, then, mm. then that could work. And we've actually just been contacted by a, um, a guy who, who has offered to do that. Uh, let me just quickly plug a fabulous site called audiovisualizers.com. Audiovisualizers.com. Yeah, and uh, it's a VJ or audiovisual jockey type of site mm. with lists of and downloadable um, software. Pretty much all the best VJing 
software for Mac and PC, very nicely laid out information about each thing and phenomenal archives of kind of specialist interest like old video synthesizers, information about them, even uh, clips of, of, of their output and so on. A mind-blowing uh, amount of information. Mm. So uh, VJAM, I think you can actually even buy VJAM online there. And there's also a program for the Mac called Vidivox, which Hextatic have been using on the Mac, which is quite similar to VJAM. I think you'll find the latency is, is somewhat uh, greater on the Mac version, which is one of the reasons we went for the PC. It's more instant. Mm-hmm. Um, but still uh, a great program to mess around with. So um, I don't think we'll develop VJAM for the Mac because it's been largely done already. Yeah. I want to go back, actually, to pay the, the correct respect to the original inspiration behind VJAM. I heard that EBN, Emergency Broadcast, broadcast network from new york had a midi triggered video sample player and i wanted one um and i didn't know them and i doubted if they were going to give it up to us so we decided to build it ourselves um uh, the initial vjam is really quite basic but we are developing it and enhancing it still and the next version which uh, i hope we'll be able to release next year as well the new version of vjam is a motherfucker and we've we've gone beyond the original EBN concept of the, the single shot sample video mm-hmm. sample player and uh, I won't blow it up too much but um really heading out there into a new direction now. But respect to EBN, they did the Zoo T V tour with U two, that's what they're best known for. And they're probably the the originators that I know best of this audiovisual cut up stuff. Yeah, they are amazing. So are these gonna come out in conjunction, the new V Jam and the D Jam? It's all deals and stuff. We'll have to yeah. see how it pans out. DJAM, we've got a deal with, with Steinberg. That's coming to come out in June. That's looking pretty definite. New version of VJAM is going to have to wait a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, but right after this, I'm going to go for a meeting with someone and uh, tell them to give up the booty yeah. and let us get on with it, man. You know, it makes sense. People can also get, you know, in a way, versions of this. Um, it's not exactly, but you can get an idea of how this works on some of the sites. Some of the Ninja Tune sites yeah. have these interactive video audio Yeah. Um, sections as well as the cds um the more beats and pieces and the ecstatic um yeah we've we've, for quite a while we've um been trying to give people the most Mm. with our cd releases so the idea of a cd plus would be a cd of music plus some other stuff whether that's a video an interactive game a music toy and uh hex um was a project john and i set up with uh rob pepperell and miles wisman a number of years ago to be the cold cut research and development department yeah. for these kind of ideas and if you look back over the years uh, there's um you know we produced a steady stream of pretty out there primitive but interesting multimedia new styles of toys and games um which i think we've been reasonably well vindicated that that was a valid direction because enough other people have jumped onto it but we still think it can go a lot further mm. and we're taking it there with our software um and uh, I haven't done this before. Not sure if I should be doing this, really. But I thought I might play a little bit of a track on uh, DJAM and maybe talk about some of the different things it can do so your listeners can get an idea. As they're listening to Dub Lab, they're obviously serious and paying attention, mm. so they deserve uh, a little demo. I don't know if people will be interested, but it's a well, tink- tinkle been, away if you want. They've been huge, huge cut fans, so I'm sure Do you think we're plugged up? Yeah, it should be good. Um, we'll just check this. Let me lower... Let me lower your microphone really quick, and I can turn it around so it'll uh, kind of be over here more if you want to be able to talk. Yeah. Am I still there? Okay. So, so just let me know as far as the level. If you keep an eye on the levels, mate, okay. of, the, of the laptop. So what we're doing here is playing with DJAM, which is Colcut's new loop manipulation engine what we use in the live show but this is the new version and it holds 32 samples that are loaded into what we call clip slots and those samples those loops are turned on and off from the computer's keyboard from the QWERTY keyboard so simply by pressing a key I can bring a loop into play just a second whilst I reset a couple of controls here Okay, let's bring the beat in. I'll break it down to just the beat. You'll hear a few glitches here, probably. 
right, so now I've got that loop playing. I'm going to start chopping that up and mutating it, which is one of the things that makes D-Jam different to the other DJ toys that are out there. Check out how the drum pattern changes as I chop it up. Now let's come out with a different variation. We'll shift it again. The way it chops it up is always rhythmic when it puts it back together again. If a, beat, if a loop is swung, it can sound a bit weird, but uh, basically it generally sounds good. If your loop is good, then the chopped up loop will be good as well. Now that's just not, the loop is not changing, but if I turn the variation up, it will keep mutating this loop constantly, a little bit every time. Check this out a bit. reverse some of the sections of the loop now just little parts of it will be reversed i'm doing all this by dragging around sliders on the screen it's starting to get a little bit mutated now i'm going to bring in another loop drop out a percentage of the sections as well so even with a quite a full rhythm let me just drop out a certain percentage I'm going to drop out 30% of the slices now that sounds a bit weird but it sounds effective when you have another loop on top so let's bring that back in little uh, effect here holding the space bar down loops a small part of the beat so you can do like drum rolls like this time effects on each of these uh, there's four tracks of loops each track has up to eight loops in it so there's four eights 32 and each track can have Cubase VST real time effects put on it so I'm now going to um, take the main loop and apply a filter effect to it I'll break it down to just the main loop I'll return it to a slightly more normal part okay just about to insert this Actually, we have Waldorf Depole that's pretty good Select the preset. Eventually, the window comes up. This is running on a 333 laptop, Pentium 2. Turn the resonance up on the Waldorf. The Waldorf control panel has now appeared. And now I'm feeding this loop through the effects, and you can hear by changing the knobs on the effects. this without you all being able to see the uh, the control screen but actually i think i think they can since we have a camera really? right there so. oh <laughs> mad that's good okay so um you'll see then a, a, a configuration um as of which loops are playing and which sliders are up and stuff on the screen and basically you can snapshot all the controls on the screen using the function keys there's 12 function keys at the top of the keyboard by pressing shift and the function key you snapshot the current position of uh, all the sliders and the current... So you could revert back to that yeah. point. So let me demonstrate that. I'll snapshot that into one. And then if I go back to... I've got random uh, other ones I've done before here. Let's see what they're like. Oh. 
Okay, that's a completely different snapshot. Same samples, same sample set, but being used in a different way. Uh, what are we, nine? So I, I now, I'll swap back and back again. And you'll hear I can actually do that pretty instantaneously. So it can change over in sort of well under a quarter of a second, which is pretty good. And you can name all and save all those snapshots, and you can have eight groups of 12 snapshots, so whatever, 96 snapshots in total, which you can regard as kind of presets. And you can just move between them by bringing the function keys, hitting the function keys, and it always uh, picks up on the beat. How would you switch within uh, the different groups, within their two different function groups? Here, you select your snapshot group here, one to eight. Okay. And each of those then gives you a new 12 to record into. Um, okay, here's a motherfucker. <laughs> Digital scratching is included, so any sample can be dragged onto the uh, scratch window, and then using the mouse clicking, you can scratch back and forth through it. And it never jumps. Um, that's not working 100% yet, but we've got it working separately, and we're going to incorporate the full version of the program digital scratching, grafting the skills of the old school vinyl DJ, the old chances such as myself, onto the new 21st century digital technology, lest we die out, which no one wants to do. So you've got to evolve, DJs are scared of revolution, get hip to the new trip, or die. Um, sorry, that sounds a... a bit harsh, but <laughs> I think uh, that more or less concludes my demonstration for the moment. We just need a peripheral that's actually a little turntable so you could do some scratching. Yeah, we've done it. We've, we built a thing called the Dextractor, which is ah. a an arm that um, you clamp onto your deck. Yeah. And it's basically very simple. It's just a mouse wheel in a, in, um, a head shell. Um, so the head shell drops down onto the label of the record. So the mouse wheel makes contact with the record. Mm. As you move the record around in a scratchy, scratchy motion, that gets translated into mouse movement, which you can then use to control the scratching of the uh, software that you're using. The video. The or video the audio. or the audio, yeah. audio whatever. Yeah, You've so. used, you actually use that in your live show. Well, we don't. We haven't used the Dextractor live because even though it's a really good way of showing it to people, um, it's not in incredibly convenient um, for reasons I won't go into now. But I think we really have to bring it in because it, it looks really good and yeah. uh, it kind of... It's, it spells out the connection in a really clear, although quite stupid yeah. way, between scratching a record and scratching some other shit. And that's one thing we want to get into people's heads. Well, I can imagine a Kid Koala set using that would be pretty intense. Indeed, yes. Well, in the live show, um, I, I make use of Eric. Uh, because when we were on tour with him before, we filmed lots of his sets of him doing beat juggling and scratching and so on. And then we took those videotapes with the sound and put took a lot of clips into the machine, sampled a lot of them, and I can put that together in uh, in VJam to do a kind of, I'm scratching his scratching. Mm. Um, do you want to have a quick look at that? Do you think you can see with the, yeah. with the camera? Is yeah. it coming out okay on the screen? Is it? Yeah. Okay. Um, why not? So a quick look at that. I'll just change. It's called a shutter. You have to change the shutter speed. Okay, I'm just booting up, um, booting up uh, DJAM here. Actually, let me just quickly show you. Let me quickly show you the scratching again. Oh. Mm -mm. Normal service will not be resumed. <laughs> okay. Okay, you getting this, guys? All good still? That's our new phrase from the tour, by the way. Thanks to Americans for that. It's all good. <laughs> all good. Yeah, all good, definitely. Okay, scratch.exe. This is a separate scratch application, making a humming noise. And, uh, it's uh, a well-known sample there. Mm -hmm. uh, can you see that waveform on screen, guys? And I am clicking and holding, and I can go... Uh, 
uh, if all listeners would care to email in me a non-disclosure agreement signed in blood, that would be <laughs> well appreciated. I really shouldn't be showing you this stuff, but uh, how how long of a, a sample could you put in there? Indefinitely, indefinite, any okay. size. Yeah, I won't show you the audiovisual scratching because that would just blow your heads too much. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I've got to keep some things secret. Um, now, what we're going to do? Have a quick look at beat juggling in VJAM, and I think that will probably conclude our demonstration. Is someone ke keeping an ear out for Cyril? Is there some people out there? Yeah, there's people out there. Okay. Mm -mm -mm. Do I want to keep the setting? Yes. How many tracks in uh, in DJAM, how many simultaneous tracks can you have? You can have 32 samples playing okay. at once. Um, that's It could have a lot more. Um, since AP recoded the core engine, the mixing engine in machine code, uh, he's had something like, he had 200 loops playing simultaneously on a 166. Wow. So the core engine's very efficient, but it's more like we've only got a certain number of keys on the keyboard, and we want to. It's all about keeping it compact. Now we didn't want to get into kind of you know orbital Emerson Lake and Palmer territory of having so much shit to cart around with you because it's. Do you, you have know, the uh, Palm Pilot version ready to go yet? You know what? I was looking at the Palm Pilot, and there's there's a MIDI sequencer in in it, which mm -hmm. I was thinking of maybe bolting onto all this, but um. Um, you know, the smaller the better, man. Yeah. I've always been into sub-miniature gear. Um, let's load up Scratching 102, which is a VJAM bank, which consists of samples of the man Kid Koala Scratching. Um, this is my little solo part of the show, you see. Yeah, so. yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, this is a great section. Just bringing the the you know mixing the context stuff and just scratching, mind scratching. blowing, it's just yeah. Such a stupid idea. Had to yeah, be done it's great. Okay, thank you. Okay, nice. um, I'm I'm uh, gonna have to, to chill to yeah. um, the next domicile. And yep. uh, any any last questions? I can uh, basically. I mean, possibly. you know, we're just huge Ninja Tune fans, and Ninja Tune's been super supportive of what we're doing, and you know we. You know, look definitely look to uh, to you and to the you know whole Ninja Tune crew as an inspiration because you know without people you know really kind of taking risks and uh, you know moving in new directions we wouldn't be doing Dub Lab at all. So I think all the listeners as well as everyone here has just been you know truly inspired by what you guys do and hope that you keep doing it you know for a long time. So well, it's great. you know. Uh, we sincerely appreciate that and all the feedback that we've had from people, good and bad, yeah. and from our fans that support us and have come on the tour. It's been an excellent tour. We really enjoyed it. Thanks for Dub Lab for having us here. We totally support what you're doing as well. And, um, you know, we totally promise to keep on and keep the faith and keep it real and surreal and keep strong. And if we go crap, I'm sure you'll let us know, but we don't <laughs> intend to, mate, because, uh, yeah, it's got to be an alternative. 
we'll have the uh, the crap alert, but I don't think that's going to be going anytime soon. So nice. Thank well, you everybody much. definitely check out ninjatune.net and uh, coldcut.com. Uh, well, actually, some of the bastards got that. Really? <laughs> yeah, it's a yeah. comic distribution. Uh, yeah. um, I think coldcut.net is a, a site that we're going to have soon. But you can get everything from ninjatune.net. Yeah. Check out piratetv.net. And if you're into vjam, uh, vjam.com, vjamm, will take you straight there. And watch out for the djam software next year. It's a motherfucker. Um, sorry, I'm using that word a lot. It's because I've been reading That's the Miles Davis biography. <laughs> <laughs> Anything's a motherfucker, whether it's good or bad. Yeah. But, um, you know, funky toys for you to play with. Um, enjoy fantastic been sitting here uh talking with matt black of cold cut and ninja tune and we're gonna play a tune right now and actually i'm not sure was this 45 or 33 we'll find out i guess in a second um but i hope you've enjoyed it dublive.com here with matt black of cold cut i'm gonna hear a tune from uh, the more beats and pieces this is uh cold cut version daddy rips it up we'll find out what speed this is in about a second Dublab.com. And thank you for listening.